0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk gives a surprisingly revelatory update about the upcoming Battery Day. Autopilot upgrades are on sale for a very limited time. Jay Leno reviews the Model Y and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you here for episode 256 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for June 28th, 2020. And June 28th is a special day for a couple of reasons. Want to start the show with a quick phone call? Here's Katie from Orange County. Go ahead, Katie.
1: Hi, Ryan. This is Katie calling from Orange County, California, and I wanted to wish my husband, Chris, a very happy birthday. He is an avid listener, hasn't missed a podcast of yours, owns a Model 3, Tesla lover for life, and he coincidentally shares his birthday with Elon Musk on June 28th. So I just want to say happy birthday. I love you, and I can't wait to welcome our little girl in November. Love you. Bye.
0: I have to say, I'm, I'm always wary of the birthday messages because I worry that if I play one, I'm going to get like 20 more. I can't do these very often, but how could I say no to that? Katie, that was so sweet. Chris and Elon Musk share a birthday, June 28th, which is today as of when the show publishes. So Chris, happy birthday. Elon Musk, happy birthday. And Chris and Katie, congratulations on the imminent arrival To uh, your family that is wonderful news hope everything goes wonderfully healthy happy safe and that is just a a fun heartwarming way to kick off the show there is plenty to talk about this week and i want to start here with the tesla annual shareholder meeting being pushed back which we already knew it had been set for july but it's been pushed back again and combined with battery day it looks like elon musk taking to twitter to announce that yes, we will have to postpone the annual shareholder meeting as there are still no large gatherings are allowed by July 7th. Not sure of a new date, but I am guessing maybe a month or so later, probably good to combine the shareholder meeting and battery day since they are converging in time. I'm hopeful we can announce a date after the July 4th week. Well, it didn't even take that long, he followed up a day or two later, noting, quote, Tentative date for Tesla shareholder meeting and battery day is September 15th in Fremont. It will include a tour of the cell production system." End quote. Well, that is uh, close to my birthday. Speaking of uh, birthdays and (laughs) celebrating birthdays, I'm, I'm just a few days after that. But anyway, I would imagine, as far as the shareholder day goes, the shareholder meeting, that Tesla is legally obligated to have that annual shareholders meeting every year but presumably they've got until december 31st to get it done wait did he just say cell production system yes yes elon did say that i would say that right there you've got one big piece of the battery day puzzle something that i should add had been whispered about but more or less seems to be now confirmed tesla it appears is bringing battery production in-house to some extent, adding not just another item to their list of vertically, vertically integrated parts and processes, of which there are many at this point, but arguably adding the item to their vertically integrated list of things. Because remember, the battery pack is the single most expensive part of the entire car from a cost perspective and, and tesla has managed to stay miles ahead of the competition pardon the phrasing there i guess car pun in a in a car story what this wasn't on purpose but what are you going to do <laughs> but but they have stayed so far ahead of everybody because they have been able to utilize their talent the fact that they are 100 percent dedicated to ev devotion it's not just a thing they do on the side of their regular business. And they've got the gigafactories. All of those things drive battery costs down. This now, a their own cell production system, would seem to be the next step in that, which should allow Tesla not only to further drive the cost of battery production down, but also allow them to iterate even faster than they already are. And we've seen how fast Tesla moves in every space, including the battery space. I mean, again, a, rem- a reminder that in eight years, we've gone from a an 85 kilowatt hour car that costs uh, 80 to $90,000 that goes 265 miles on a charge to a 74 kilowatt hour car in the form of the Model 3 that can do 320 miles on a charge, and if you've got the the you know the, the proper configuration of the motor and the battery, so I mean that's pretty darn impressive. So, taken all all of that taken together, now should allow Tesla to even further increase their already very large lead in the EV space. Now here's where this is headed, if you ask me this is now no longer about Tesla being regarded as the best EV car maker. For Tesla, though, of course, it never was. That was never the goal, but that's how the industry has looked at Tesla by and large to this point, in my opinion. Soon, it's gonna be about reaching that tipping point where the cost of building an electric vehicle is less than the cost of building a comparable gas car, which will, of course, lead to the consumer cost on the other end being less at the point of purchase regardless of incentives as we know tesla really has 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 exhausted all of theirs at the federal level and and now of course as well evs as all of you know are already decidedly cheaper to operate once you have the car it's that foot in the door cost the upfront cost of the car that to date has been more than a comparable gas car So if that upfront cost dips below gasoline cars, then it's just about game over for the internal combustion engine. I would argue with one really key piece of the puzzle remaining after that, and that is charging. And and by charging, I mean both the charging infrastructure and the speed of recharging, or if you will, refueling. Both of those things, Tesla is working on. I mean, the set, the supercharger network, as we all know, gets bigger all the time. V3 supercharging, meanwhile, has lowered recharging times by a pretty good bit. And it's they're not done. They had, they're not just stopping there. Remember that at the Cybertruck unveiling just seven months ago now, Elon Musk on stage at the beginning of it, it, it kind of, this, I think a lot of people have forgotten about this, which is completely understandable because- of the Cybertruck. That, that particular uh, object has has tended to grab people's attention more than anything else. But remember, at the Cybertruck unveiling, Elon intimated that something even faster is on the horizon as far as charging. That is basically suggesting a V4 supercharging solution that's in development. So uh, bottom line, I cannot wait to hear more about this. The battery cell production system in-house at Battery Day, September fifteenth, gonna just circle that in pencil right now because, uh, of course, it's unfortunate. I hate to bring the real world into things. COVID nineteen cases are going up around a lot of the country, including California. So, you know, it's it's day by day, it's week by week to see if if a if a physical uh, personal gathering can happen at the at the, the Fremont factory. But for now, pencil it in. September 15th, something that you can very much mark in ink, but only for a short time. And then you're going to, then you're gonna have to cross it off for at least another quarter, if not longer, is that autopilot upgrades are currently on sale until July 1st. So again, this podcast is publishing on the 28th, which, so depending on when you hear this doesn't leave you a lot of time. Now, hopefully I'm not necessarily breaking this news to you. Hopefully you've already been notified through the messaging system in your Tesla app. But in any case, I'd like to give a thank you to listener Mark from Simi Valley for being the first one to give me the heads up about this. And as you'd expect, it did end up being shouted far and wide by many in the Tesla community. But nevertheless, here's the deal, which uh, you can see right in the upgrades section of your Tesla app, if you're eligible for any of these. In other words, if you haven't already bought one or both of the autopilot slash full self driving packages. So if you currently have nothing, you do not have any autopilot package whatsoever. Basic autopilot is I'm just going to use the term on sale for $2,000 instead of the normal $3,000. And if that applies to you, then full self driving on top of that is, Ten, excuse me, ten, seven thousand dollars, so that you can get the entire thing. Should you choose for nine thousand instead of uh, what would normally be ten thousand, and that price is, we know that that uh, that's going up. So, uh, if you have enhanced autopilot, which means uh, you'd have a twenty eighteen or older Tesla, and you purchased enhanced autopilot which was a $5,000 option. Uh, That's what I did when I bought, I took delivery of my car, in fact, uh, almost exactly two years ago, last uh, two two Julys ago. So I I had ordered enhanced autopilot with mine, but not full self-driving at the time. So you had that $5,000 package, your upgrade price to full self-driving as of now for the next few days, is $3,000 instead of $4,000. Again, these are until July 1st, so it's best to think of it as through June 30th. Do it, if you're gonna do it, do it before the calendar flips to July 1. So uh, here, I think this is an easy, and quite frankly, it's a free way that Tesla can generate a bit of extra Q2 revenue at the very end of a quarter that... Maybe as i've said before uh and and doesn't take an expert to figure out and we'll see maybe tesla's got some surprises up their sleeve but it figures to be a tough quarter for tesla fiscally speaking given that they lost the entire first half of it to the covid shutdown i mean not the entire first half again i've said this before they did have giga shanghai going and producing cars so that was that was definitely something but no Fremont for the first half of the entire quarter. Now, I've had people ask me, in fact, somebody emailed me just today as I'm recording here on Friday, uh, asking me this very thing, and I just had to write back, just hang on, I'm gonna talk about it on the show this weekend. So I've had people ask me if I think they should upgrade to to whatever it is they don't have. And I'll tell you, what I typically say is, is uh, I'll pose a question in return. And that question is, Are you going to keep the car for many years? Do you plan to do that? If the answer is yes, then I would recommend buying whatever you don't have on the autopilot front. Go ahead and buy it now, if you can swing it, because it's probably never going to be cheaper than it is right now. The odds of it ever being cheaper than this are pretty darn low, because, again, the price is going up. Could it end up... if? in a, in a three months time at the end of Q4, could they put things on quote unquote sale again? Yes, maybe, but it's unlikely to be cheaper than now. And we just don't know. There's no way to know if Tesla is going to do that. So what I can tell you is I use autopilot every single time I use the car in some form or another, I'm using it even more now that it can do the, the stoplight, stop sign recognition on the, on city streets. And I honestly love it. I really do. I mean, I know I admit I'm a Tesla fanboy. You're listening to a Tesla fanboy podcast, but I try to be fair. I, I criticize where I feel it's, it's warranted and necessary. And I can honestly tell you, I genuinely love Autopilot. I'm very glad. I've never for a minute regretted spending the money that I've spent on the Autopilot packages. I have spent $8,000 at this point because I, as I said, I ordered mine with Enhanced Autopilot, which got me... For a while, it I, it gave me every feature, which is why I chose not to pay the $3,000. But I went ahead, I took advantage of one of the previous sales, again, air quotes on sales, in early 2019, as the full self-driving computer hardware three was about to come out and, and it seemed like there were finally some new features coming along that would take advantage of that hardware. And sure enough, there have been a few features and uh, one of them came out this week or at least the next evolution of it. I think I talked about it last week with the, the green light uh, no longer needing a confirmation if you've got autopilot on as long as there's a car in front of you. So it, it does continue to evolve and I'm very happy to have spent the money because in my case, I do plan to keep the car for 10 years, if not more. I've had, I had my last car for 12 years I had the DeLorean for 12 years along. So I've, I've been a person that's kept cars for a while. So I feel like I will get my money's worth out of the $8,000 that I spent on autopilot and full self-driving. And I feel, in fact, I honestly feel like, again, that I already have. So I feel good about it. If you're kind of wondering what to do, maybe my story there will, will help swing you one way or the other. But uh, that is that. Also, by the way, apparently if you buy a, new inventory s or x so it's already built it's already ready to go and take delivery of it by the end of the quarter they will give you the free lifetime supercharging that had recently been taken off the table for the s and the x so if you've been thinking about s or x and you've been thinking eh, maybe soon this could tip you over the edge free lifetime supercharging which is a nice perk to have next up this week a lot of Tesla-related tweets from Elon Musk this week. Uh, He really, I don't remember him tweeting about Tesla this much in a given week in quite a while. So there are several of these to go through. Let's dive in. Elon was asked, quote, would you consider adding cross-traffic warnings when our cars are in reverse? And that question was posed by my friends from the Tesla Owners East Bay Club. So thank you, to you guys for that to which elon replied simply yes so uh that is that is good to hear because i remember a caller here on the ride the lightning hotline bringing this up maybe not too long ago not not a few weeks ago but but not super crazy long ago and apparently there are plenty of cars on the road that do have this and they use sensors on the back flanks of the car to to track those those cars that are uh coming, you know, perpendicular, crossing your path there as you're, as you're backing up. Presumably the Teslas will use the vision cameras on the, on the B pillars to do this. And maybe the, the, uh, sensor suite as well to do it, to get it done. If, uh, cause we, they do extend out a reasonable distance, the range on those things. I mean, the backup camera as well does give a pretty wide angle but I imagine it'll be a combination of, of cameras and sensors because hey, it always helps to have more visibility when backing up rather than less. So hopefully we'll see this feature sooner rather than later. Next up, if you have been waiting for the seven seat Model Y, it sounds like your wait might be shorter than the 2021 quote that had been, had been given for that configuration ever since the Y was unveiled last March. My friend Vincent asking Elon on Twitter about the availability of the seven seater and Elon replied, probably early Q4, end quote. So early is fairly specific there. Rather than just probably Q4, probably early Q4 seems to bode well for it actually happening in Q4. Now you'll recall if you're an an eagle-eared listener, actually eagle-eared. Now eagles are known for their eyes. Um, let's say I don't know what has awesome hearing. Dogs, right? But that's like I don't know. Let's go with Daisy the Boxer puppy. If you're a, a Daisy the Boxer-eared listener, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, you may have you may remember that a tipster had written me, had, had sent me a note, had passed along which I passed along to you here on the podcast, that very rumor earlier this year that it, that the uh, seven-seater would be coming in Q4 rather than having to wait till 2021. So, hey, Tipster, if you're out there listening, as I suspect you are, your source was dead on on that one. So well done. Now, if I were to try and delve further into this for a minute, I would have to guess that the deliveries on the seven-seater are going to start with the performance variant simply as a way to maximize Q4 revenue from the people who really, really want their seven-seater in time for the holidays by the end of the year. You know, it it's it still remains to be seen if that seven-seater is going to be forward-facing as it was in the prototype that I was lucky enough to ride in. But, I mean, again, I don't mean to belabor the point on this, but I, I just cannot see how anyone that's anyone of adult age or even growing teenager age could possibly ride comfortably in that third row of the Model Y uh, in, in the forward-facing configuration. Again, if you're if you're a newer listener, I rode in the Y prototype at the unveiling. I rode in the second row. They weren't allowing anyone in the third row, but I could I could look over my shoulder and see the the two seats, the two little seats there. And just with the slope of the of the roof glass, it's there's just no headroom for anyone that's and I mean I'm not tall, I'm 5'9, and there's just no way I would have been comfortable back there. So we'll see if that's how it is, or if it might end up being a rear-facing setup, which is what Sandy Monroe had said he thinks. And he knows a thing or two about car manufacturing. And by the way, that's also the rear-facing setup. That's how the Model S's optional jump seats were when Tesla offered those for really many years, up until fairly recently, they offered the the option of the seven seat, uh, the the two rear-facing jump seats. So there's that. But we're not done. Elon sticking around on Twitter this week. We have a clarifying detail on the upcoming full self-driving subscription option. Elon saying, quote, there will be a subscription, but it will be economically better to have bought full self-driving. So perhaps your interpretation of this will differ from mine, but what I take out of that is that this will not be a subscribe to own thing which, I mean, maybe that was a silly thing of me to even consider to begin with here in this streaming service age we live in. You don't, you don't uh, subscribe to Netflix long enough and then, congratulations, you own Netflix and never have to pay again, but uh, it will be a subscription forever by the sounds of it, so depending on what it costs per month, if you own the car long enough, and keep the subscription long enough at whatever price it ends up being it sounds like you will end up spending more money than you would have by going with the buy it outright cash price so i'll be very very eager to see what that monthly price is going to be the next elon tweet he was asked quote any reason why free supercharging randomly comes and goes on the model s To which he replied, quote, Just us being fools, but free supercharging forever is not coming back to any vehicles. It's not a good incentive structure. Uh, So it sounds like it hasn't really worked for moving cars. Uh, And and really my only comment on this, I mean, I, I don't, that doesn't surprise me. I'm not particularly bothered by that. I will say... I did genuinely think that the Roadster, the next generation Roadster might get free lifetime supercharging just because it's the Halo car. It's the you're spending $200,000 on it, maybe 250 if you're going with the Founder Series and you kind of if you're spending that kind of money, you gen- generally expect the VIP treatment which something like a free supercharging for life would, would, uh, qualify for. Now, then again, you could easily make the counter argument that if you can afford to pay 200 plus thousand dollars for a supercar, you can afford to pay the supercharger bills that a 200 kilowatt hour battery car will bring. If you're curious about the math on that, a full zero to 100% supercharger fill up, which I recognize you'd really never do. You'd never go zero to a hundred. If you did, you you were in a strange situation because that car has, for, to even get to zero on a 620 mile range car would be uh, kind of an accomplishment unto itself. But anyway, zero to a hundred, all 200 kilowatt hours is gonna cost you $56 to recharge your uh, 200 kilowatt hour Tesla Roadster but as I said, you'd be able to go pretty far on that $56 charge. A couple of more here from Elon. Uh, And in fact, this one comes by way of my friend John from he runs the Silicon Valley Tesla Owners Club. He asked about screen mirroring from your phone to the Tesla's center screen, to which Elon replied, quote, maybe we'll look into it. We'd need to emulate a TV, end quote. Now, with no disrespect to John here whatsoever, because quite frankly, I'm glad he brought it up, I would not count on this happening anytime soon, if ever. And the reason I say that is because Elon had already said that they were doing this like three or four years ago. I think it might've even been pre-Model 3, if I recall, and nothing ever came of it. Now, again, that's not to say it couldn't happen, but it just seems like Tesla moved on from this idea if indeed they ever took it, they, if they ever seriously considered it back then. But again, as we've all learned from Elon and Tesla, you never know, it could end up happening, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath for that one. Finally, a tweet from Team USA Olympic weightlifter, Maddie Rogers. She's a new Tesla owner, and she told Elon, quote, I've had my Model 3 for about four months and literally have nothing negative to say about it. A fun feature would be to have other Teslas on the road show up as such on the driving visualizations, to which Elon responded, quote, we could probably make a fun punch, parentheses, click, <laughs> click buggy game with extra points for rare Teslas which, okay, I, you know, I don't know if he's being serious or not. It's tough to tell. Um, but it, it would s- at least indicate, number one, that Teslas can recognize other Teslas, which I suppose you could train the, the autopilot neural network to do. Um, and I think, in fact, that topic even came up on the Ride the Lightning hotline last week. But anyway, secondly... I, I have to wonder. I read that and I kind of smiled because I was like, well, wait, I wonder what Elon would consider to be rare Teslas. I tweeted at him. He didn't respond to me in that situation, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out here to all of you guys. So, I mean, you could break that down any number of ways, right? I mean, you could really get, you could get nitty gritty and say, well, the mid-range Model 3s are a pretty... U- pretty small group of unicorns, but there's no way to dis- to tell from the outside of the car that it's a mid range model three. So I think if you, if you go with kind of the general, general appearance, rare Teslas, you could go obsidian black metallic performance model three with white interior. Like, and that's even drill. You can even, you could even just actually back it up and just say obsidian black metallic model three. Forget about the trim, forget about the interior because the uh that's the that was the multi-coat black option that was it had been available on SNX, it went away and then it came back for a very short time and you could get a Model 3 in that color and then it was re- retired again <laughs> super quickly. It did not last long at all around the summer it was like july august of 2018 and that was it that was it for that so um now that one would be a, an extra challenge because i have been in fact at silicon valley tesla owners club meetups and i've i've had i've had i've seen an obsidian black model 3 and a and a regular solid black model 3 parked next to each other And even, it's really tough to tell the difference. It is, they are, they're pretty close in appearance. But anyway, Obsidian Black Metallic Model 3, I think, would qualify as a rare Tesla. And then uh, the rest of my list would look like this. Any original Roadster, because there were only 2,500 of them built, so any, they all count. Those are all rare. Uh, And then I'd have to also say any signature red Model S or Model X, because there are less than a thousand, well, there are, there are 1,000 signature S's and 1,000 signature X's, but not all of those thousand cars from each pool are signature red. It's going to be probably, I would say half at most. So probably in total, there are roughly a thousand signature red S's and X's. And then you'd have to go, the other two I would put on my rare list, A gre- the green Model S, which was, it's a really, really super dark green, like a deep, a dark, deep forest green. And there are not many of them. They're pretty rare. Uh, they were around from the launch of the Model S, but discontinued fairly quickly. I do not see it very often. And then the other one that I think was actually discontinued even sooner than green, that was also available right from the launch of the Model S, the brown Model S. You really don't see too many of those. And if you think you see one, it's probably a a silver titanium metallic, which is kind of the champagne color. I'm talking, there was a brown Model S. Google it if you are curious to see what it looks like. So am I missing any obvious ones? I think that's, that would be... That would be my immediate, like, just to the naked eye list of rare Teslas. All right. Anyway, back to the news. Good news for owners of new Model S's and Model X's to the, <laughs> to the contrary of the super early ones that you could get in green or brown. Uh, so the Raven models, basically April 2019 builds or newer, you can now supercharge your car faster faster. In the latest software update, which I actually just received a little while ago, 2020.24.6, I actually got the .1 version, so I think uh, they must have found something, and I suspect most people will get the the the, the .1 version that must have some fixes in it. Uh, that has, for the Raven S's and X's, a supercharger rate boost. This is, of course, only applicable to the to V3 supercharging, but what had been a maximum charge rate of 200 kilowatts is now 225. So that is awesome. An over the- year software update has allows your car to give to charge 11% faster than it did before, uh, which is really cool. I love that. Now, as a just friendly reminder, you'll only see, anything close to that, like the you'll you'll only touch that maximum 225 for, uh, if you're at a really low state of charge, like for sure under 20%, maybe even a bit less than that. And it doesn't last for too long. It does start to taper off, but it is pretty cool to see because 250 kilowatts in a three or in a Y, if you see, if you actually achieve that, it's it's the equivalent of 1000 miles of range per hour. Of course it doesn't hold that charge for an hour, but you'll see it on the screen 1000 miles per hour. So 225 is real good, real close to that as well. Good stuff. Awesome awesome tip of the cap there for the Tesla software team and the and just the the Model S engineering and X engineering teams as well. Finally this week Model Y has been reviewed on Jay Leno's Garage. Jay has become quite the Tesla ally. It's a 30-minute episode. I would highly encourage you to check it out. It's very well done. You can watch it on the Jay Leno's Garage YouTube channel if you just search that. And uh, I just wanted to play you two quick clips from this 30-minute show. So this, fir- in this first clip, here's Jay, who is a Model S owner himself, very rationally saying why Tesla will win and how he feels the anger that is directed towards them by so many people makes absolutely no sense. Here's here's Jay Leno dropping some knowledge.
2: I always say anybody that can uh, sort of build a rocket in their backyard and send it into space and hook up with the International Space Station, when they tell you they're gonna make something, (laughs) You better take them seriously because if you can put a, if you can put people into space safely and economically, then you can build automobiles, and that's what Elon has done. I I never quite get all the negative press. Why people uh, get mad about it? Some people say it's because of the subsidies and that type of thing. But you know, here in America, we I don't really watch a lot of sports, but I got to pay for stadiums. I don't have children, but I got to pay for schools. I don't mind. So to me, to subsidize something like this, which is Quote the ultimate in fuel efficiency, being electric vehicle. Uh, I uh, I have no problem with it at all. And the fun thing I like about Tesla is I like American-made stuff, and this is the classic example of this. Most of most of the uh, materials in this vehicle are locally sourced. I'm sure some are not, but most are, and that's I think pretty impressive too. And it's built by Americans and. Uh, I don't get all the negativity. I mean, just the anger people get over it, you know? It's funny because steam ran this country from about early 1800s to about 1911. Then the internal combustion engine took over from 1911 to just about now. And I think from this generation forward, it will be alternative fuels. The gas car is not going anywhere. It's here to stay. But in terms of day-to-day driving, efficiency, lack of maintenance, the electric vehicle is pretty darn good. I know I use a Tesla for running around and going to the airport and taking the wife out and doing that kind of stuff and it's completely maintenance free. I enjoy my internal combustion stuff. You know, it's funny, to me, cars like Ferraris, Lamborghini, in, in the same way that uh, people use horses now. In, in, this, in this country in the 1800s, horses were worked to death. They literally dropped dead in the streets. Now, there are more horses in America than there have ever been at any other point, and most of them are for pleasure. People enjoy them, and they ride them. And you'll always have your gas cars and your Ferraris. You take them out on a weekend and run around, and you can do that with this too. But the idea being in terms of efficiency, quiet, pollution, this is the way to go.
0: Yes, Jay gets it. He makes an incredible amount of sense right there. And what's more, just to f- build on top of the argument he makes, there is that Tesla isn't even getting subsidies anymore—at least not on the federal level. Their Department of Energy loan was paid back almost a decade ago. You actually not even the the FUDsteriest FUDsters bring that up anymore. That's such a such a non-story now. And uh, their federal tax credits, as as I mentioned, ran out six months ago. Now I guess to be fair, Tesla, along with other electric vehicles, do still get some subsidies, if you want to call them that, at the state level in certain states. But nevertheless, uh, really love that from Jay Leno. And later in the episode, one more clip I just, I've just i got to play for you. Again, I encourage you to go on Jay Leno's Garage on YouTube and watch the entire 30-minute episode. Here is Jay telling the story of how he became a Tesla owner. I
3: just like like, oh, did they give you one? No, I, they didn't give me one. I paid full price for mine. In fact, I'm not sure if I ever told you the story of how I bought my test. Back in 2008, Elon came by the garage with this new electric roadster. We got to be friends and he gave me his phone. He says, Here's my cell phone. And I said, I won't bother you unless it's important. I'm not going to Okay. Years go by, six years, whatever. Then around 2015, I was doing this show, and I thought, I'd love to get Elon on. Let me just call him and see what happens. I said, no, I don't want to take a chance. What time is it now? OK, it's 3 o'clock in Calo. All right, let's go, 3 o'clock. All right, I'm chemical. So I call him here. Oh, um, I go, Elon? Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, Jay Leno. Oh, Jay. Um, what's up? I said, I feel bad. Did I wake up? He goes, yeah, you kind of did. I said, you I'm sorry. to didn't mean to wake you, but, you know, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And he goes, not in China. I go, oh, oh, look. I said, I feel bad. Okay, I'll buy a car. Look, okay, that's what I'm calling. I go, Send me the car. Give me in blue. <laughs> you know, I felt so bad that I woke up. I bought the car, but I'm glad I did because it's a great car. I love this thing. It's a lot of fun.
0: Jay texting. This is why you text Jay. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, that's a great story. He spent hundred thousand dollars out of guilt. But as you hear there, it's probably the best guilty purchase that he's ever made. And look at it. I mean, yeah, he's he's completely become a Tesla advocate. I really like. I mean, I think Jay has really found. And regardless of whether you enjoyed him on The Tonight Show or not, or in his stand-up uh, days, I mean, I guess he's still been doing stand-up even all through his uh, Tonight Show years, but it really seems like now re- he just does car stuff. He just seems happy doing it, and he has such a great knowledge and appreciation for cars of all kinds, man. It's It's been fun to to watch all of Jay Leno's Tesla stuff, and I've gone back and looked. He's had some other neat cars on that show too. He had uh, one of the actual Back to the Future DeLoreans on at one point. He had the the tumbler from the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and yeah, he's had a lot of neat stuff on there anyway. So uh, good on you, Jay Leno. Great stuff. Again, Jay Leno's Garage on YouTube if you want to check out his 30-minute Model Y review. Stick with me. I'm going to come right back with your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this.
2: This is Steve Downs. The voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it?
0: Master Chief, out. Time for your questions, comments, and discussion topics in the Ride the Lightning hotline. A reminder, you can call in anytime. I welcome it. I invite it. Love hearing additional voices on this podcast. Two easy ways to dial in either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and record your question or comment and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get through as many calls each week as possible. And same deal if you call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lighting hotline, that number which you can call or Skype is toll-free and it's one Nine eight nine eight seven five two. 989 8752 Again, that's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Let me kick it off with David from Minnesota. David, you're on the air.
1: Hi Ryan, I'm David
4: from Minnesota. My mom has a Model Y order that we placed when full self-driving still costed $6,000. I'm guessing if we wanted, we could probably take delivery of the car very soon, but I've seen a lot of recent videos about Model Y quality issues from production. And my mom is not a Tesla fanboy like you or I, so it's important that when she takes delivery, the car isn't having these problems that are being reported. So in your opinion, how long would you suggest We wait to take delivery so that these production issues are fixed. Thanks so much, love the podcast.
0: Hi David, thanks for your call. Well, this is a difficult topic, but one that I'm certainly not going to hide from. It's difficult because we don't have the data from the production line about how many cars per 100 have problems. But you are correct in that the anecdotal reports, anecdotal reports, in the online Tesla community suggest that the threes and the whys that have been coming out since the pandemic ended, since the shutdown ended, uh, I wish the pandemic was over, since the shutdown uh, ended, seem to be having more issues than what we had seen reported before. Whether that's from the mad rush to make up as much production loss during that six-week shutdown as possible is it, or if there's some other factor, or if it's if it's just overblown and the quality issues are the same as they ever were, I can't be sure. Let me make be very clear about that. And before I give you my recommendation, I will note for everyone listening that I acknowledge that there is no single right answer here. Plenty of cars, plenty of cars come out great and their owners are completely satisfied. With that said, I might suggest if you are in a position to do so, Give it a month or so to get clear of any car that's built during the end of quarter push that's happening right now. And regardless of when your mom chooses to take delivery, I would humbly suggest excuse me going along with her and documenting everything about the car with pictures. And if ultimately you feel that you need to reject delivery, if there are too many issues with it, you are entitled and empowered to do that. But if you do note some issues, document them right away, as I said, and, uh, you, and if you do take delivery, you can make a service appointment to address them. This is referred to as a due bill. I had some items, a few just minor things with my car when I that I noted at delivery that, that uh, I took note of immediately, let Tesla know, made an appointment, and they were taken care of. There are plenty of really great checklists online that you can use right on your phone so that you don't have to try and keep it all in your head during what is likely to be a very exciting day, right? When your mom's getting her Model Y. So you could try... So the one I used is teslachecklists.com, though I, in looking it up in response to your call here, I see now that it's behind a $5 paywall, which it was not when I used it during my delivery day two years back. So uh, I had a good experience there. If that's worth $5 to you, like I said, it's all just nice and handy. You can like literally check things off, like just touch the screen to check boxes. It's pretty good. Otherwise, you can Google it, like Google Model Y delivery checklist. And I'm sure you will find a couple of other ones that that uh, might not cost anything that you might find of use too. So bottom line, good luck whenever you guys decide to dive in and have fun. Odds are you're going to have fun. It's going to be great. But just, you know, be aware, be be ready and and just take note of uh, of what you see. Stan from Montana is next and has an autopilot concern. Go ahead, Stan.
5: Hey Ryan, this is Stan from Montana. Two quick questions for you. The first one is I'm wondering I have a Model 3 and I'm wondering if I'm holding the steering wheel right when it's on autopilot it feels like I have to put a fair amount of force on it to kind of hold it at a tension to the left or the right. I also have a BMW that's able to do auto steering and that one, it just senses if my hand's resting on the steering wheel itself. So, you know, am I doing it right where I have to sort of pull to the side, which feels like it's taking the car a little bit off course and applies a little bit more tension. So I'm curious about your experience and others. The second thing is, a really annoying thing that happened in one of the software releases in my Model 3 recently, was that if you look at the way you dial somebody's phone number, uh, one of your presets or one of your recents, actually the way you press on those names is different. Can't remember which is which, but in one of them you have to go all the way to the right and just press the little phone icon, you can't actually press on the name. But on the other one, which should be the work the same, you can press anywhere on the name and it dials the call. Wondered if you had uh, experienced that. I have to say, you're one of my favorite podcasts in the turmoil that's going on in our country. I appreciate the little break I get by listening to your positive attitude every week. Keep up the good work and thanks for everything you do.
0: Stan, I'll go with your second question first since I won't be as much help on that one. Uh, I honestly call people from my car so little that I'm actually not really sure about this one. However, the one hopefully constructive suggestion I have here is to maybe try voice dialing. You know, Use the, the voice, dial, voice control and say something like, call Ryan Mobile as an example, and that might be a useful shortcut to you. As to your autopilot steering wheel concern, Your timing is impeccable on this. Stay tuned to the pro tip later in the podcast for that. But for the moment, I'll tell you what I do and maybe that will be helpful to you. If I am putting my right hand on the wheel with autopilot, uh, I will rest it at basically the five o'clock position with slight pressure pushing to the left up against the bottom wheel spoke that's at the six o'clock position. And if I've got my left hand on the wheel, I do the opposite, rest it at about the seven o'clock position with that hand putting a bit of pressure to the right up against that bottom wheel spoke. That has worked pretty well for me on uh, both long trips and short drives, so I hope that helps you. Doug in Denver is next. Doug, you're on the air.
4: Hi, Ryan. Doug in Denver, Colorado. I live in an apartment complex and don't have a home charging solution for my Model 3 with no near-term prospect of getting one, so I try and do a lot of uh, Level 2 charging at public stations around Denver Metro, but uh, I probably still end up doing more supercharging than the average user does. So I was uh, just wondering if you had any statistics or information on how bad that supercharging really is for the longevity of my battery i also have a Chatamo electrify america fairly close to where i live and i was wondering if i got the adapter for that if uh, i believe that thing only goes up to 50 kilowatts if that might be significantly better for the battery than charging at 150 or 250 kilowatts at a supercharger and then uh, secondly, I, I'm an Apple guy and I watched the uh, developer conference today and I was pleased to see that the new Apple Maps app is going to have uh, EV routing directions and also turn-by-turn cycling directions, which are both features I've wanted in the Apple world for a long time. Anyway, love the show. Have a good day.
0: Thanks so much for calling, Doug. First, with your charging situation, you don't need to worry about it. Supercharging is designed to protect the long-term health of the battery. There are cars out there for this transportation company called Loop. They're basically a Tesla taxi service that shuttles people from Southern California to Vegas and back. Those cars have hundreds of thousands of miles on them and charge almost exclusively via supercharging, and they are fine. Totally normal battery degradation there. So while it wouldn't hurt in your case to have more options, and thus the Chadmo adapter might be a good idea, if you think you're okay without it, uh, I would I would go ahead and say maybe don't go with it, Be only because... It's really expensive. The, the Tesla CHADMO adapter is $450. That's basically the price of a high-power wall connector. That is a lot, so uh, bear that in mind. Hope that helps. Frank from Amsterdam is up next Was uh, with some concerns about washing his Tesla. Frank, you're on the air.
1: Hey, Ryan. This is Frank sending you a voice recording from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Love the show and listen to it every week in my blue Model 3 dual motor late 2019. So hand washing the car is one of my hobbies. When washing the car I am running into some challenges though. So I researched the internet a while ago but could not find any videos that were tackling the Model 3 specific challenges that I was facing. For example, I'm used to washing the exterior and then going into the door steals. But when I do that and open a door, the window slides down and because the rubbers are still wet from the wash, rolling down the window leaves marks on the glass. And you cannot remove those until the window is rolled back up which requires you to close the door. Another challenge for me are the wipers. On my previous cars I could lift them up from the glass and leave them up for cleaning. There is a maintenance mode for the wipers but that does not allow them to stand in the air by themselves. I suspect opening a frunk is part of the best cleaning routine, but I haven't figured it out yet. Now, I'm a tea guy, so I believe there has to be a best practice and a proper sequence of steps. So, Ryan, what are your solutions to these challenges? What steps do you go through when washing? Would love to get some tips from the audience too. Now, thanks for all you do for our community. Your positive vibes and insights invariably light up my day. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Hey Frank, thanks for calling in. You know, these are all things that I deal with when I wash mine as well. So I will tell you how I deal with them and maybe it'll help you or maybe even better yet, perhaps somebody out there will have a suggestion on how to handle it better that can benefit both of us and everybody else listening. So for the bottom part of the window staying wet, I don't think there's anything we can do about that. It's just water getting down into the window channel. What I do is <laughs> sounds dumb, but I just try not to roll the windows down for a day or so while it dries out. But, uh, even for the automatic window dropping by like an inch there, when you open the doors, I keep a microfiber cloth in the center console and I'll wipe it dry again when I get out and you know, the, the window goes down a little and then back up. And, uh, like I said, I just, I just, dry it off by running that microfiber cloth right along the bottom with my with my hand or finger just even just the finger there uh will will work too so maybe one of those strategies will help Uh, lastly this week i want to take a call from jonathan in maryland who test drove a model y jonathan tell us about it
6: hi ryan jonathan from maryland here i just test drove a performance model y at the owings mills showroom what struck me was that it really just is a bigger Model 3. If you have experienced the Model 3 and are thinking of ordering a Model Y, don't hesitate to put in your order. It's basically the same excellent experience, just slightly larger. I know with the pandemic, people might have harder time uh, taking a test drive, but don't wait. You're going to love it. Um, There were two things that were somewhat disappointing. Uh, The first was that while there was noticeably more headroom than the Model 3. Uh the bulkhead where the windshield meets the roof is still low enough that I'll probably still have to hunch a bit while driving. I was hoping to be able to sit completely upright and have a full view, but um we'll have to see. I might be able to f- fiddle with the seat settings um a bit more. Uh in my opinion overall Uh, If you're more than six feet tall, the ideal Tesla for you, if you can afford it, is the Model X. Um, The other somewhat concerning uh, thing was the build quality of the test vehicle. Um, There was a section of paint uh, in the driver's side door where the hinge is that was missing. It's not visible at all from what I could tell from the outside, but I expected that area to be painted, and it seemed to be on all of the other hinges on that car, There were also some relatively minor fit-and-finish concerns, um, some panel gaps. Uh, One of the coat hangers seemed to be broken because it seemed to not retract. Um, Overall, I hope my review doesn't sound overly negative because I had a ton of fun. I haven't highlighted all of the good things about the experience because we all know how great Teslas are. Um, I am still extremely confident in my decision to order a Model Y and am... Very excited to take delivery in the coming months.
0: Thank you for those impressions, Jonathan. I still definitely recommend that people test drive both cars if they can, like Al from Florida last week, because it's always good to make the most informed decision possible when you're about to spend $50 plus thousand dollars You know, it's a shame about the fit and finish on the Y that you drove. I don't know if this is actually the case, but I wonder... If in some instances the test drive vehicle is a car that comes off the line that's maybe rejected by a customer at delivery or otherwise maybe rejected by Tesla itself deemed not good enough for sale, but Tesla wants to recoup some value from that car so they put it in the test drive fleet where they know it's just going to get beat up on test drives anyway. Like I said, I'm not actually sure if that's the case, but it makes sense in my head anyway. I hope you're able to get your Model Y soon. Jonathan, thank you so much for calling in. And thanks to everybody who called in. I told you how you can do so at the top of the segment. And again, I welcome and encourage you to participate in the podcast. Thank you for taking the time should you choose to do so. All right, I'll be right back with the aforementioned Pro Tip of the Week, uh, along with some parting thoughts for you right after this. as for my car like i said i just got 2020.24.6.1 with all those cool new features i talked about last week so i am eager to get the car out this weekend and try them out i want to get the those two repeater cameras up with my backup camera maybe drive around with those on see how it feels to to drive around that way and and change lanes that way that's going to be cool uh so eager to check that out and then i also found out I, f- I forget where I saw this on online uh, just today, in fact, otherwise I'd give credit, but a long, I, w- I don't know if it's a bug you'd classify it as a bug, but let's just say a, <laughs> a, a feature that we all wanted is there now, on the Model 3s at least, and I presume this applies to the Y. I don't know if it was this way on S or X, but anyway, on the 3, if the car is asleep and plugged in, you have to... You have to open a door, you have to or just at least hit hit the door handle enough to wake the car up. You have to like press it like halfway to wake the car up so you can unplug the charging cable. You no longer have to do that. If the key is in your pocket, if your phone key is is on you, you can just walk up to the charging cable with the sleeping car and hold the button down and it will allow you to to eject. That cable. So, yay! That one. That one's been requested for quite some time. And it wasn't even mentioned in the, in the release notes either for uh, for 24.6. So, there you go. Good stuff. Uh, video game suggestion, real quick. This one's definitely for families in particular. Uh, really, because I I don't think I wouldn't really recommend this for adults by themselves. I think this is really just a great parent kid project. And it is Nintendo Labo for the Nintendo Switch. Labo spelled L-A-B-O. Again, and I would recommend this really for to do with your kids if they're in the 6 to 10 range, honestly. The, uh, the, the, it's, there are these cardboard projects that you build following instructions that are on the Nintendo Switch game screen. And then uh, when you're finished putting them all together, you, the, the actual... Nintendo Switch bits slide the, the controllers with the gyroscopes and everything and the screen, it'll slide into the, the toy that you've built and and you can play with it. Your kids can play with it and it's really neat. So there you there's one where you can make a piano, like an actual cardboard piano that, that uses all the cool sensors and stuff and will play sounds through the Switch. There's a fishing rod with a fish that turns into a fishing minigame, a steering wheel for a racing game, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, these are, you can find them really cheap now because uh, unfortunately, I think Labo hasn't sold that well. So uh, check it out. I, I really enjoyed building the Labo projects with my daughter. We had a good time with them. Uh, all right, pro tip of the week Eric from Naperville, Illinois has a mid range Model 3. I was just talking about that earlier in the podcast. So here is his pro tip. Go ahead, Eric.
7: Hello, Ryan. This is Eric from Naperville, Illinois. I have a 2018 mid-range Model 3, and I've got a pro tip for the community. However, before we get there, I need to express my sincere thanks and appreciation for your commitment and dedication that you bring to this community. You definitely make it a better place. I know you're a humble person, and you don't like taking compliments, and that's why I support you through Patreon. Now on to my pro tip. When you are driving in autopilot, the car communicates with the driver to make sure that you're alert. Sometimes it'll ask for you to apply force to the steering wheel. Sometimes, and I'm sure other people have done this too, you apply too much force and you actually take it out of autopilot. I discovered recently, sort of by accident, by just rolling the scroll wheel up and down where you adjust the speed, it accomplishes exactly the same thing as applying force to the steering wheel. Thus, you don't have to take it out of autopilot. Hope this helps some other people keep up the great work and i look forward to listening to you more in the future thanks ryan
0: naperville sorry i mispronounced it there i apologize well eric that is exceptionally kind of you to say thank you very much sincerely i appreciate that as for your tip i think i've played this one before however it's definitely been a long while if i have And I know there are plenty of newer listeners and newer owners out there. And this is one that's just such a really, really useful tip. So I'm happy to put it out there, even if it turns out I have before. Indeed, all you have to do is just bring the volume up or down a notch on your music or whatever you're listening to. And it counts as having your hands on the wheel for autopilot, because of course you do have your hands on the wheel if you're doing that. I will say, at least in my experience, I think a lot of folks eventually get the feel of it such that you don't grip it too forcefully or too lightly. But while you're still figuring out that correct amount of steering wheel pressure and torque to put on, That scroll wheel tip that you just gave is super useful. So thank you so much, Eric. And again, if you've got a pro tip about your Tesla, something that you'd like to share with the rest of the Ride the Lightning audience that's interesting, it's not obvious, call it in. Send it in the same way, those two easy ways that you can send in phone calls that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. All right, time to hit the road, but first, some friends to mention. Again, the snap plate. mentioned them last week, the website livingtesla.com slash RTL is the, uh, the nice, easy way to go to get that. They've, they've kindly shortened the URL for me. That's that front license plate bracket that it does actually need tools. Sorry if I misconstrued that last week, but it, it includes all the tools. You can keep the, I think it's like a torque wrench or something right in your center console or glove box. So you can, you can easily take it on and off super simple but anyway it's great like i said for for car shows to put on while you're parked at a meter to avoid tickets you could take it off at a car wash it's good for toll roads and bridges uh etc etc there it's you know if you hate front license plates like me but don't want tickets livingtesla.com slash rtl meanwhile abstractocean.com has awesome lighting kits you know improved lighting kits and custom lighting kits protection things for your screen, the fob pockets for your key fob, particularly for you S and X owners, phone and USB accessories, the vinyl wraps for the center console, cool widgets, etc. abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLpodcast at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, discount is waiting for you, the Ride the Lightning listener, at Immaculate Reflections. If you wanna have some really awesome detail work done by a wonderful human and a wonderfully talented human at that in Jeff, he is awesome. If you're in the Bay Area or gonna be in the Bay Area and would like to get maybe some paint protection film on your car, ceramic coating done to your car so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years, or paint, paint correction even. Any of that, all of that, get in touch, get booked, inquire about that discount, IRdetailing.com. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL, one-stop shop for dash cam and sentry mode, which of course, the dash cam viewer just got better with the 24.6 update. Now it's got the little red dots on the in-car viewer that, so you can jump straight to the event. So this feature is getting even more robust, even more user friendly. You wanna get a a sentry mode kit, a, a pure Tesla kit in your car, so that God forbid, if anything does happen, you've got it on video, which can help you with the insurance company. It can, it can, it's nothing but beneficial. To have any any incidents recorded on video so it's a one-stop shop it's you just go to pureteslacom slash rtl choose the 128 gig or 256 gigabyte kit ships free anywhere in the usa and it comes ready to go right into the package just take it straight out of the package boom plug it right into the car you are good to go pureteslacom tesla.com rtl and jada they've got the wireless charging pads and the awesome USB hubs as well, get some extra USB ports, both the A and the C variety in your Model 3 or your Model Y. And if you've got a three, anything but the most brand new Model 3, you could use a wireless charging pad for your wireless charging capable smartphone just think it's, a, it's just a great one-time purchase for the life of your car. I love mine. And they've got V version three. Now I'm on version two. I haven't even seen version three, but it charges faster among other things. So please use my referral link for that. Getjada.com. Jada spelled J E D a get Jada.com slash R E F slash eight. And finally, Patreon. If you enjoy the podcast, as I hope you do, especially if you've made it this far. But in all seriousness, again, I do put a ton of work, a lot of energy, and a lot of love and care into this. If you see fit to support me on Patreon, if you're if you're willing and able to do that, it's always going to be voluntary. But I, every little bit of support helps, believe me. So uh, you can find out more about the different tiers of support and the cool little bonuses that I've got attached to each of those tiers. You can find all that on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, that's totally free to do so. You can do that on any of the major podcast services so that the podcast gets automatically delivered to you each and every week. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is in your Tesla. I'm also on Spotify, and then you can subscribe on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that's, again, it's just audio, but if you want to listen on YouTube, it's right there. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you will find me no problem. Again, you can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com, whether you just want to write me or whether you want to send in a Ride the Lightning hotline call or a pro tip It's the same email address, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on social media, same handle on Twitter and Instagram, if you're interested, DMC underscore Ryan. That'll do it, except to say thanks to the Patreon producers. Really appreciate the very generous and ongoing support of these folks who, among other little perks, Get their names shouted out here in the quote unquote credits at the end of each week's episode. So thank you, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith. Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnick, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph... Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabaneas, Richard Fulkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversol, Ish, Ramy from TeslaProTips.com, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, and Jerome Strack. Thank you all sincerely for your awesome Patreon support. That will do it for me, and uh, where is she? I don't know, she must have wandered off. Daisy the Boxer Puppy somewhere, I'll go find her. Anyway, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Once again, another fun week of Tesla news. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back next week.